This is the Off Grid Agris Podcast. This podcast is about sharing our journeys into liberty through self-sufficiency, off-grid living, non-compliance, counter-economics, and the Agora. Every episode will contain useful, practical, and applicable information you can use to gain the freedom you deserve. This information is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered legal or financial advice. You could even consider it to be fictional if you choose. Before we start the show, I want to remind you about The Hitching Post, our free bi-weekly newsletter all about liberty through self-sufficiency and counter-economics. To sign up, go to offgridagorist.com newsletter or click the link in the show notes. Thanks. Let's get on with the show. Happy New Year's, everyone, and welcome to the Off Grid Agorist podcast. I am here with Cyrus. Good morning. And today it is New Year's Day, 1-1-2022. A new year. <laughs> new year. Good riddance, 2021. Super exciting stuff. Yeah, you know, I didn't think it was all that bad. Yeah. 2021 was fine for me. Yeah, it really wasn't that bad. It actually marks the uh, one-year mark of going off-grid for Cody and I. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you guys, yeah. that was early in the year. You guys went off-grid. It was the first few days of January we went off-grid, yep. Mm-hmm. I think it was January 15th, actually, was the exact date. Yeah. What an experience. Uh yeah, so today is a pre-recorded podcast because we had some serious technical difficulties <laughs> with our live stream. Yeah, if if you want to see a basically a blooper reel of a shit show for a live stream, then go to the YouTube channel and watch it. It's uh, it was a disaster, but it was funny. Yeah, you know. Uh, I almost wanted to delete it, but Cyrus convinced me to leave it because it's it's like our blooper, blooper reel of the year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I wanted to delete it, too. It was actually my wife's idea to say to just say, just leave it. It's funny. So, yeah. Yep. But for our podcast listeners, we didn't want to torture you uh, with the live stream disaster of the morning. So uh, this is a pre-recorded podcast. And we're going to get on with it. Yeah. This is the episode where we go over our end of the year uh, predictions from last New Year's. Mm -hmm. We made predictions for the year. And uh, we're going to go over those and make some new predictions for 2022. Awesome. And I did not do my homework. I was going to sit down and listen to that episode, and I did not. But you did, luckily. One of us did. So <laughs> I did listen to it. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> All right. So what was my prediction? I know it was a heavy-duty one. So your prediction was, it was like a uh, softcore tenfold hat prediction, uh, mm-hmm. where the, the jab is... Because of the mRNA stuff, uh, and you went over, like, you researched the whole thing and talked about where you got your research about what mRNA does and how 
I'm not even going to get into all that. But basically, the prediction was that the mRNA vaccine is a Trojan horse that could be used for population control through fertility rates. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole really hard on that, and I studied my ass off. And if you <laughs> right. go back to that episode, which was last year's New Year's prediction episode, it's really easy to find in our uh, content library. Um, if you look in the show notes, I have links to all sorts of medical studies and scientific studies. And I spent probably 10 hours researching right. uh, the facts of what mRNA viruses do and what how mRNA virus uh, or D, the mRNA, how it reacts with DNA. Right. And it is potentially possible that it could affect fertility and it could affect um, rewriting your DNA, essentially. So it was actually pretty cool. I, don't, I can't say if it came true or not. There's no there's never really going to be any definitive thing yeah. out there. You yeah, know, it's one at of least those not things. for another 10 or 20 years. Yeah, so it's not really like a uh, prediction for a year, but maybe a prediction for a decade. And it's also the kind of prediction that uh, because it has the conspiracy theory component to it, like even if it is true, they're going to hide the fact that it's true. And 50 years from now, when they declassify shit, if it was true, we'll find out. Yeah. It's one of those kind of situations. And then there'll be there'll be commercials. If you or a loved one was affected by the COVID-19 vaccine <laughs> and had decreased fertility rates, you can totally get screwed because uh, you signed a waiver when you got the vaccine that you can't hold us liable. <laughs> <laughs> Called Something Dewey Screw like and How. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Your predictions were a little bit more tangible, though, so... A little shorter term. Yeah, I pretty much kept within a uh, one-year time frame of what could happen. So, um, and I, I made uh, like three predictions when we recorded the show, but then we kind of talked about the predictions, and it, it, through the conversation, I ended up making more predictions. So I just I wrote them all down <laughs> as I as I listened. So the first prediction cool. was that uh, Trump's legal battle to get back in the White House was a dead end. And if you remember, there was all kinds of all kinds of theories about how Trump was going to get back in. You know, his his diehard supporters were just certain that um, people were going to be indicted and all kinds of things were going to happen. And he he was still the real president. And, you know, there was all kinds of stuff going on back then. He wasn't going to step down. Right. And yeah. 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 I remember that. And so. Seems so long ago. Right. Right. And my prediction was that wasn't going to happen. Like, he's not the president. And. Um, and you were right. You won that one. That that one I got right. Yeah. And then um, my next prediction was that the Democrats were going to take control of the Senate because at the time we made the episode, there was like a runoff happening in Georgia where if the Democrats won Georgia, they had control of the Senate. And I figured they were probably, I figured it was, they were probably going to win because there was also, if you remember, all kinds of accusations of voter fraud and, and all kinds of stuff going on. So my 
my theory behind making that prediction was that, well, you know, if they stole the presidential election, it's not going to be hard for them to steal an election in Georgia. Like that's a, that's a walk in the park if they stole the presidential election or, you know, mm-hmm. so anyway, the, they did, the Democrats did end up gaining two seats in Georgia, which gave them, which made the Senate a 50, 50 split. And in the Senate, any tie vote is made by the vice president, which was Kamala Harris or is Kamala Harris. So they took control of the Senate and uh, by doing that, they were going to be able to more easily push through whatever kind of crap they wanted to push through. Um, and then that led to uh, the idea that if they can push all kinds of crap through, that the spending was going to be through the charts. And it was. 13, oh, yeah. 13 trillion last year. Crazy. Wow. That's yeah. insane amount of money. Yeah. I apologize if I have some noise interference in the background. We have like a windstorm going on. And since we live in a camper, I'm basically on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing rocks. It's crazy. Um, if the camera camper yes. is rocking, don't come a knocking. Oh. Yeah, you don't want to be coming a knocking today. Because it's a rockin'. And it rocked all last night, too. <laughs> From the wind. Oh, Come on, oh, people. Oh, Get okay. your head out of the gutter. <laughs> well, it was New Year's Eve. Huh? Uh, yeah. We were going to go out last night, and I'd probably be hungover today, but it got so windy and rainy and cold and miserable out, I just decided that it was a no-go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, insane spending. Right. Insane spending. Right. And I also, and I said this in the live stream episode, that that was kind of a cheat because it was going to be insane spending no matter who's in office or who has control of the Senate and the Congress. Like, insane spending was coming. Just like... Well, because the government's a Ponzi scheme, so it has to keep spending. So it has to, which means, you know, it's just like it's going to continue to get crazier and crazier. We talked about this a few episodes back about how someday we're not going to be talking about trillions. We're going to be talking about quadrillions. So, okay, I'm going to do a prediction right now for 2022. All right. Lay it on me. 20 trillion. 20 trillion trillion. in spending this year. Mm. What do you think? Um, I don't think so. The reason I say that I don't think it'll be 20 is because 13 was so astronomically high that they'll take a break. They'll take a one year break because a lot of that spending is going to roll through this year anyway. And uh, they won't get too crazy, but. So what's your number? I'll make it a nice round number two and I'll say 10. 10. Okay. So a little bit of a pullback. A little bit of a pullback from one year to the other. Yeah. Oh yeah. I say 20, you say 10. So we'll we'll check one that prediction one prediction to, to check next year. <laughs> this will just be a reoccurring episode every new year just for fun. Yeah, I like it. Right. All bets are on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next prediction was that the housing market was going to tank and the government was going to bail out the housing market. And that did not happen. 
So I missed that one. Although I think I just missed the timeline. I think it's still going to happen. It's just, just a matter of time. And uh, we'll see. Interesting. You think it's going to happen in 2022? Man, I don't know what to say to that because I can't believe it didn't happen last year. And yeah. it didn't. Like somehow they, you know, and maybe that part of that $13 trillion is really propping up the housing market and, you know, nobody knows it. Who knows? I think it was a silent bailout in a way. Could be. Yeah, could yeah. be. But yeah. but the housing market, houses are still, you know, the, the prices are rising and all that stuff's going. And, and it might be a function of that $13 trillion, maybe a large enough portion of that $13 trillion moved through Wall Street. And so people made a bunch of money in Wall Street with their IRAs and all that stuff. And so they've, maybe they felt like they could afford a new house. I mean, hmm. I, I don't know how, I don't know, but yeah, I was surprised by it. Missed that one. So, uh, three and oh, so far. Okay. Um, and my other prediction was I thought we were going to hear a lot of talk about UBI because of the stimulus checks because the government was basically sending everybody money monthly. And I figured that would be a good opportunity for the Democrats to push UBI, which they love. And uh, it didn't happen. Uh, you, you hear normal rumblings about UBI every year, but uh, I thought it was going to ramp up and that didn't happen. Or at least if it did, I didn't notice it. So, you know, if you're out there and you noticed it, send us a, Send us a comment. Let me know. Yeah, I don't think UBI happened. It seemed like we were on the verge of it with the whole coronavirus stimulus checks and unemployment stimulus checks. Um, but then they, they gave that the axe a couple months early mm -hmm. uh, than they had planned. Right. So that seems to have gotten kind of buried a little bit. Yeah. We'll see. So I missed that one. So I'm three and zero, oh. and then uh, my final one was that we were going to get to see a leaked photo of Bo Jiden in a robe, in the rose garden, stalking some mm. young kitchen staff <laughs> with a spatula or something. I don't remember everything I said, but uh, that didn't happen. I'm so bummed. And that was the one I was really rooting for. Like, that's the prediction I really wanted to come true. So, oh, well, you missed some. I thought it was going to happen, like, 100%. In that last ep in that last year's episode, you had even talked about just Photoshopping it just for fun. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I never did do that. Mm -hmm. But I might have to still. Yeah. Yeah. I think you did a pretty good job. You got, what, three right and two wrong? Three and oh. Three and three? What do you mean three and oh? I made three and I missed three. Yeah. Or so fifty no. percent success rate. That's not three and oh. Why is that? Yeah. I know okay. that's yeah. why you three keep saying that, and I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it I, makes sense. I was, I was. There you go. I was mixing sport talk with it. Yeah, fifty-fifty. Okay, that's a pretty good rate. Mine will never know. 
We'll, we'll really never know. Um, cool. Well, on to the second. Okay, well, now we have to make predictions for this year. Right. Exactly. Okay, so I have a prediction. I didn't have one, but now I have one. Okay. I think things are going to stabilize a little bit this year. Things are going to shore up and find an equilibrium. So when you say things like all the supply chains are going to normalize, prices are going to kind of come back down a little bit, the empty shelves that you see every now and then in the stock market are going to disappear. Like I supermarket. Yeah. Every now and then uh, here locally, we're still getting some shortages and it's just a few items here and there, but it's still just supply chain stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think things are going to mellow out. Things are going to stabilize because we've been going through crazy for the past couple of years and they don't want to lose control. You know, this whole thing is about control. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if you let things get too out of control, too crazy, then you lose control. This is like a, you know, if this is by design, they want to keep the control. Right. So they can't let things get too out of hand. So I think we're going to see a little bit of an equilibrium. The housing market might soften, you know, get a little more controllable. Like you said, the uh, supply chain issues are going to smooth out a bit. Our prices are probably going to come down a bit. They won't ever go to where they were because that's just normal inflation. I don't think hyperinflation is going to happen. I think the virus might, you know, quote unquote, mellow out a little bit Mm -hmm. and the control there. Um, So I think it's I think 2022 is going to be a bit of a mellow year. Yeah, well, that would uh, that would be good. That would be good for things to mellow out because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. They can't they can't keep pushing all the time because people go to the streets with pitchforks and torches if they push them too hard. Yes. I mean, last year we had some pretty significant rioting. We had these super intense lockdowns. Was that 2021 or 2020 was the lockdowns? Uh, 2020. And then some parts of the country still had lockdowns last year, but that was like most mm-hmm. of the country went back to full open. Yep. So. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think we're going to get some reprieve. I wonder if this year we're going to see uh, a bigger push on vaccine mandates. I know New York is still pushing, like, they're pushing hard on vaccine mandates. Yeah, I don't think they're ready to get rid of that narrative. I do think there is some sort of nefarious uh, component of the vaccine. And it could be something as simple as if we take out 2% of the world's population through this vaccine, that's now a hundred million less people in 50 to a hundred years. And that's how the NWO kind of thinks, you know? Oh, wow. That's That's pretty radical. It's creepy. I know it is creepy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying like, you know, it's, it's the, the, their game is really long. The the NWO, their game is really long. 
So 50 to 100 years from now, if they can wipe out 100 million people, that's like 500 million people that won't be alive in 50 to 100 years from now. I don't know the fucking math, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Slow kill, people. Slow kill. I don't even know if I believe that, to be honest. Yeah. I just know I ain't taking the vax because I don't know enough about it. And I am not going to be forced to do something I don't want to do because I'm a total rebel. Always have been. Always will be. Uh, Yeah, I'm not taking it for as long as uh, they don't uh, force me to the ground with four guys and somebody sticks something in me. Yeah, someone sticks a jab in your butt cheek. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I will not rebel to the point where I have to use such force that I get myself killed. But, you know, right. as long as I have the choice. I don't I'm think not. it would come to <clears throat> I do think vaccine mandates are ramping up. I know in California, in order to even go to college, to attend college in person, you now have to have a vaccine. Of course, there's rumors of the embedded uh, chip implant to scan and get your medical information. There's talks about that. Coming out. Mm Mm-hmm. Creepy. Yeah. So, creepy stuff is happening there. I'm not going to participate Mm -hmm. in all that bizarro world stuff. So I would say yes. On that prediction, yes, there will be a a push into vaccine mandates throughout 2022. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's probably right. I will say... I will make this prediction. By 2025, the COVID scare, the COVID hysteria will be done by 2025. Yeah. It'll be... But, I mean, it'll still be shots every year. It'll be flu shots every year, Mm -hmm. just like the flu. I think they'll start doing a COVID vaccine regimen in, you know, the the vaccine cocktails that they give the kids. Well, I did say, and sometime this year, it wasn't in the predictions episode, that at some point they're going to stop calling it a vaccine. Mm. They're not even going to. Well, I guess they already are starting that, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like they're just calling because Get it's not COVID booster. Yeah, because it's not a vaccine. The vaccine using the terminology vaccine that was all for the hysteria in the beginning. Now they've got to right. get you comfortable with taking a shot every year, so they got to stop calling it a vaccine. And they want you to do that with a flu shot too. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try and integrate it into our system of living. Whether it'll be mandatory for indefinitely, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I think the hysteria will taper around 2025. So I think we have a few more years of COVID hysteria. So there's another long-term prediction. Mm-hmm. Will we be making podcasts in 2025? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to see if that <laughs> valid, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. So we ready for my predictions or do you have some more? Yes. Totes ready. Okay. So I'm going uh, full crypto with my predictions this year. Yay. 
number one, NFTs are going to become a bigger thing. They're going to become uh, widespread as far as use cases, uh, as opposed to, you know, just being able to own your own JPEG GIF or whatever they're called or JPEG or whatever the, the use cases are going to widen. Uh, companies are going to be springing up to answer problems in the market that the NFT is going to be able to easily solve. And I think that's, I think a lot of that is going to happen this year. So that's prediction one. Love it. Uh, I do agree with you. There are so many ways you can use an NFT beyond a JPEG of a board APOC club. Exactly. Like those, mm -hmm. those were just like the proof of concept step. Yes. You know what I mean? It was just the proof of concept. And now people, entrepreneurs, tech people are going to be digging into how else can we use these things? It could be used for reservations. It could mm -hmm. be used for ticketing. It could be used for real estate. It can be used in a dividend type situation. Yeah. Uh, it could be almost applied to anything that is a unique item. You have a unique item. You assign it to a token address is basically mm -hmm. what you're doing. And here's um, something. So you can almost, you can NFT almost everything. It's crazy. Right. And there's a really interesting, I haven't researched it yet. I've only heard about it at this point, but I'm going to research it. There's an NBA player that tokenized his salary, which is fascinating hmm. to me. Uh, I, I'm going to, I want to dig into that to see how he did it. Cause that's fascinating, you know, and uh, that is fascinating. I want to see how that was done. So yeah, the NFT stuff, it's going to get bigger. Blowing up. It's going to get bigger. Yeah. A lot more use cases. Yes. I agree with that. Love it. Next one. So my next two are price predictions, which everybody loves. So I thought, well, I'll just throw wow. one in there, you know. And of course, this is very important for everyone listening to know. I don't have a clue. I do not I got, get paid financially. <laughs> I don't have a clue. This is all fun and games. So... <laughs> I'm saying Bitcoin to 85,000 this year and ETH to 9,000. Okay. So we'll see. I'll, I'll rebuttal. I'll rebuttal your price prediction with my own price prediction. All right. Give it to me. Uh, Bitcoin launches to 70K around May. Uh, takes a massive pullback to 35K July, August. Then does a full send to a hundred K possibly November. Mm. Yeah. Mega pullback because there always is one at the end of the year, hundred K to 50 K. And then we'll crab for a few months after that. Like we're doing now. Yeah. We're crabbing. Yeah. This is con consolidation is what's happening right now. If. Okay. I'll do a prediction. Okay. Ethereum proof of stake. We've talked about this in past episodes. Yes. If Ethereum can pull off 
going from proof of work to proof of stake this year. It's an easy 10k Ethereum, if not 12k Ethereum. If not 20, like I don't, th I don't think they can make it this year. Like I was, I was looking at the roadmap. They still got a lot of shit to do. They were supposed to go to proof of stake last summer, and then they gave it an indefinite timeline because they had a lot of bumps in the road. I suppose. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I don't see proof of stake until 2023, 2024. Two more years till Ethereum proof of stake. Then it's nuts. Yeah. Then. Then it's like bonkers. Yeah. Then Ethereum goes crazy when that happens because everybody's yeah. waiting for it. I mean, everybody's they're staking coins. They're uh, the miners are burning coins. Like they burned over what was it a, a, a billion Ethereum has been burned wow. so far since November when they rolled out the, what is that, 1195 something or other. I don't remember that name of that protocol, but where yeah, that allowed Yeah, and that gave it a, a price bump. Mm-hmm. And that gave it a price bump. Um, I don't remember what episode it is, but we go into proof of work versus proof of stake. And just to give you a quick, quick uh, summary of what that is, proof of work is when you have a computer doing the blockchain computations based off of GPU. It's very expensive in computer resources. It's very expensive in electricity. Whereas proof of stake is the computations are done virtually by holding Ethereum coins in your wallet. The more coins you hold, the more computations happen, the more you earn. Mm-hmm completely relieving the need for GPU and electricity. Well, I mean, it's obviously, you need a little bit, but, you know, 95, 98% less electricity. Right. Yeah. Yes. And when that happens, the fees will drop to hardly anything. And that is Ethereum's Achilles heel right now, is to do a transaction it costs anywhere from $30 to $100 to make any movement on the Ethereum blockchain. On the layer one. Very expensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can have side chains, mm -hmm. but whenever you want to go in and out of Ethereum, you're looking at very expensive transactions. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, Ethereum will moon so hard, but it will not flip Bitcoin. There's another prediction. Yeah, I don't think it will either. Just like silver will never flip gold. It just won't happen. Yeah, I don't I don't think it'll flip Bitcoin. I don't think the I don't think this silver to Ethereum analogy works anymore. Mainly because because of the utility of Ethereum. Like you can do so much more with Ethereum than you can do with Bitcoin that I don't think uh, gold, you know, silver is to gold like Ethereum is to Bitcoin. I, I don't think that's a fair analogy anymore. I think it used to be. Totally fair. You think so? I completely disagree with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Only 21 million Bitcoins will ever be made. Right. Ever. Right. There is but, a finite amount of Bitcoin. You can always, I don't even think there's a cap on how many Ethereums can be made. I don't know, but it's very high, just like there's a lot more silver on the planet than there is gold. Yeah, but um, it, it is, 
assuming they work out the proof of stake, it will be deflationary. It won't be yeah. inflationary. So, um, but they have a burn, they have a burn concept to keep it right in check. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how well, it goes. It'll be interesting. Okay. Any more predictions from you? Uh, my final prediction is that this year we'll get to see a leaked photo of Bo Jiden falling asleep while eating cereal. <laughs> or some, At the podium. Or, I don't know. At the podium. During a press <laughs> interview or, yeah. He'll be uh, eating Fruit Loops because <laughs> he looks like a Fruit Loops kind of guy. <laughs> and I thought of I thought of that prediction, remembering uh, my son when he was a toddler would fall asleep while he was eating, and his and he would face plant into his food like he did it all oh, yeah. the time when he was a kid. That's a b b b bo move right there. <laughs> Good old bo Jiden. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with resolutions. All right, now on to part two of our New Year's podcast, our New Year's resolutions. How do we get better? (laughs) (laughs) I know that you're not a big fan of resolutions. I don't really do them anymore. Uh -uh. I've disappointed myself So I thought of a few for you. Oh, you thought of a few for me. Okay. I made some for you, okay. but we'll go over mine first. Okay. Because I've been dying to talk about mine. All right. Dying. Let's hear it. Okay. So my first resolution is an agorist resolution. I am uh, swearing off the banking system. Nice. It's like a dirty habit. Yes. So what is like your plan? Ditching smoking or something. Okay. So I have a part-time... Uh, cash paying job and my plan is to uh stop all of my auto payments out of my bank account which we've all become very accustomed to yes you know oh the bills come out of the bank account auto payment i don't have to think about it uh but i am stopping those so on monday i'm calling the institutions where my bills come from and i will no longer be doing auto pay in uh, exchange for that, I will be going to local places where I can actually pay my bill in cash. So, for example, the electric bill mm-hmm. comes out of my bank account. That will now be a cash payment. And uh, I have a little bit of credit cards I've been paying on. And I actually made a cash payment to my credit cards, which I've never done. I was very proud of myself. Nice. So I went to Walmart Money Services, which is Western Union, and I paid cash towards my credit cards. It was a dollar fifty fee, which is stomachable. Right. Totally bypassed the banking system. So that was really exciting. That was like my first step. Nice. So I'm keeping my money out of the banks, and a big reason for this is because uh, good old IRS will be spying on our transactions. Every single bank account in America is going to be spied on and reported uh, incoming cash. Mm-hmm. So uh, how how are you going to handle your online income? 
So that is going to be its own separate entity. It has to be. There's no way you can go around it. And that is going to be an episode January 7th, I believe, Saturday, is uh, the monetary changes of 2022. Gotcha. And how it's affecting entrepreneurs and small businesses. So we'll be delving into what they're doing and what you need to do as an entrepreneur to protect your money, that will be next week's episode. So I don't want to get into it too heavy duty. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, money you make online, they're cracking down on that and what's getting reported. So you can't really circumvent that, unfortunately. So you have to use the, the gray side of bookkeeping. Yes, Yep, the gray side of bookkeeping, and I do know certain things, certain online stuff will actually send you a check, a physical check if you request it, but you're still going to get a 1099, because that's one of the big rule changes. So whether you get, I mean, there's no point, it's like, well, sure, I can request a check from Amazon affiliates, but but they're still going to 1099 me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why hassle? So that is going to become its own individual bank account. Uh, a business type bank account for my my Etsy, my Amazon, my online earnings. Uh, but we'll go more on to that uh, beginning uh, next year. So I am, however, any cash that I make will not be hitting the bank anymore. So that's a big resolution right there. Exiting the banking system as much as I humanly possibly can. Mm-hmm. Exiting the monetary system. Yeah. I know you've been there for a while, so it's business as usual for you. Yeah, but, um, you know, things are things are changing for me in a way that I'm more exposed than I used to be. And that was all I mean, I knew it was coming because my plan was to earn money in a way that doesn't require me to go out every day and trade an hour for a dollar. And the route I chose to do that was online income. So as it grows, my exposure to the KYC system grows. Yep. So. Yeah, we'll have to have a conversation about what to do to get out of that as much as possible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. As in get out of, you know, your tax bill as much as possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. I got, I got some, uh, I got some plans for that and we can talk about that. That might be a better discussion for the discord group. You know, our, our actual strategies. I don't know. Maybe we'll do an episode about it. We'll, we'll go into it lightly and then we'll go from there. Definitely going to be a hot topic for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a second resolution is to exit the monetary system entirely. Rely less on fiat currency. Right. A lot less. Mm-hmm. Which means pulling in the reins on discretionary spending. What can I kind of live without? What can I get in person? Uh, what can I? Uh, what can I get? from my property, you know, like mm-hmm. natural uh, materials and things mm-hmm. without having to go to the store and just stop using dollars so much. Right. Uh, on that topic, 
what and this problem i'm just we can just touch on this because this is a full length thing too but what about that uh what is it called the guy from twitter the 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 decks he's starting block or something have you heard about it yet what are you talking about? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, what's his name? This guy that stepped down as CEO from Twitter. Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. Is that his name? Okay. He's, yeah, that sounds right. He's, yep. he's starting a decentralized non-custodial DEX that is supposed oh. to be a super easy on-off-board decentralized non-custodial. Which, hmm. if he can pull it off, that's a pretty big deal. Because that is like the biggest problem to getting away from fiat, moving into crypto. For as a Interesting. lifestyle. Well, it depends on, yeah, if he has an onboarding system from dollars to crypto. That's no KYC. We'll see. Well, the white paper on it has come out, and I haven't read it yet. But that may, that may be a good episode. Yeah, I'll take a drink to that. Mm -hmm. So a third resolution is to begin my long-term investment strategy into crypto that earns a dividend. Mm -hmm. Staking. So if you have a stock, there are certain stocks you can buy that earn you a dividend. Which is a check. And in the crypto... Like they send you yeah. money, right? Yeah. And in the crypto world, that is in the form of staking. So you hold a certain type of crypto and you earn an APY or an APR on that crypto. Um, it's in the form of uh, providing liquidity to a liquidity pool. So you are providing liquidity and you earn a reward for that. But there's got to be a long-term way of a sustainable way to earn an APY for a long position, a long hold, mm-hmm. like my retirement. Right. What is my retirement plan? So I can not have to work at Walmart into my 80s, you know. Right. I don't have a retirement plan right now. And uh, part two of that would also be how to do that in such a way that you know, because if that if if that problem gets solved and you can do long term staking and receive like dividends, uh, the government's going to want their cut. So, is there a way to yeah. do that without it being like a securities kind of thing? Yeah, no KYC mm-hmm. uh, long term investment strategy. Yes, that's what I'm building. Awesome. And yes, it's totally possible. And if they crack down on it, I'll just find a way to keep it going Cause that's, unreported. Because that's what agorists do. That's how yeah. we roll. So I am starting my investment strategy this year. And I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be investing in tokamak reactors. Which is a very awesome decentralized liquidity protocol that is sustainable, which is going to be in January, another episode topic. Awesome. Drink. Take a drink. 
<laughs> the tokamak reactor i feel like it's a really promising project and you can start looking into it now it's a little bit complicated you do have to be involved it's not just a set and forget you do have to be participating in voting and government governance which is really cool because that's all about decentralizing something mm-hmm. is participating in that vote um but I have a good feeling about it, and I really want to start building up a long-game investment strategy to where I am living off of crypto dividends. Yeah, that'd be nice. Into my old age. Yeah. And I have one final resolution, which is a kind of an oddball resolution, but I'm really excited about it. What is it? So, I am building... A stone roundhouse. A stone roundhouse. How big? Yes. It is... Oh, man. It's got to be like 20 by 20. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It's at least 15 by 15. I haven't measured it. Yeah. I am building a stone roundhouse by hand because I have a lot of stone here on the property so you're going to source the stone on your property and yes do the masonry work yes oh my goodness girl <laughs> oh my goodness well i'll tell you this we had that's what cody said we had planned on doing a stone house on our property and mm-hmm. while i was so we were gonna we built the cabin going to live in the cabin and then start a stone house and then move into the stone house cabin was going to be like a shop or something well i just built a fireplace in the cabin and decided (laughs) i am not building a stone house buying you know like the work is just gathering the stone like oh yeah oh my gosh yeah so oh yeah uh kudos to you girl that is a tackle right there. That is a that is a tackle. Woo. So okay, I am. I'm almost thinking about switching to earth bags. Because, I was talking to a guy in Hive, which is a decentralized social media platform, and he was saying how stone does not hold in any heat, so you'll have a really nice cooling effect during the summer. Mm-hmm. But you will not have a warming effect like earth bags do during the winter. So I might be doing a stone floor and have earth bag wall. But I haven't 100% switched over to that idea yet. Because we have a plethora of dirt on this property as well. Yeah. Perfect dirt for a stone or for a, an earth bag house. So the reasoning for my wanting to build this structure is... A, to prove to myself I can do something really physically challenging and laborious. That will do. Uh, B, to get in shape, Mm -hmm. build muscle, burn fat. That will do. It's like my, yep, like my daily workout routine is going to be building this stone house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also want to have a structure that is off grid resilient because a camper is not that at all. Right. You have to depend on propane and electricity. It's like a given. You have to have it with a camper. You can't put a freaking wood-burning stove in a camper. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and you have to spend a ton of electricity to keep a camper cool in the summer. Whereas a stone house or an earth bag house, you are going to have that cooling effect naturally. You don't need AC. Right. And it stays warm with a a wood burning, you know, type of uh, energy. So that's kind of my idea for the stone house. It's something where I just want to work on it like an hour or two a day or every other day and just slowly build it up over time. Gotcha. Yeah. That's kind of my thought about it. That's cool. I don't think I'm going to be done in a year. I think it might take two years. Mm-hmm. And it's a simple, it's going to be a simple round house. I mean, there's no rooms in it. Right. It's just a, like a, a round year. structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going crazy. Um, Cause I know that in itself is going to be a huge feat. So I figured that's about as simple as I can get it. Right. Well, I'm rooting for you. Well, thanks. Yeah. I'm excited. That is, I'm excited. That is cool. I've already done a bunch of work towards clearing out the foundation and starting to dig out. Cause I'm digging maybe about six inches down to, for the recessed floor. I don't want it to go too deep, but I want it to be kind of flush with the ground. So I'm actually working on it. Um, cool. And I have some other really cool projects going, but I don't want this episode to get too long. Uh, I do want to give you your New Year's resolution, though, Cyrus. Okay, what is it? Your New Year's resolution is going to be to blow up your still <laughs> in the clear moonshine YouTube channel. Yeah. Blow it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is definitely a goal to focus a lot of time and energy and effort into that YouTube channel. It's pretty popular. And it's and already so, blowing up. Yeah, it's pretty popular. So I want to be sure and um, produce the kind of stuff people are looking for. That's the goal. You're going to be YouTube famous. Uh, no. 50,000 subscribers by the end of this year. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I see. think you're going to get there. We'll see. All right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed our New Year's resolutions and predictions episode. It is becoming an off-grid agorist tradition. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Go to offgridagorist.com. We have free PDF downloads. We have ebooks. We have the archive of all of our podcast episodes. And join us on Saturdays for our live stream. It can be fun. Right on. And Discord. Yeah. Come join us on Discord. And our Discord group. Offgridagorist.com slash Discord will take you ex- uh, expressly to the invite link. It's growing little by little every day. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Catch you all in the next one. Talk to you later.